go-to man. Israel Dalau! Is he? Is he in? You better believe it. New Zealand Rugby's organised a crisis <laughs> meeting with uh, Stephen Larkin. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to the third episode of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Uh, you could go back and check out our previous episodes, including last year's, which were under our old banner, Fantasy XV Draft. So we've rebranded as Draft Rugby, and we're in, as we're in the process of releasing our own fantasy rugby platform, which you can find at draftrugby.com. And I promise, is getting closer with each day to launch, and also that the stats, the elusive stats that everyone wants, will be up by Monday night. Uh, so look, I'm your host, Kagi. And with me are my colleagues, Harry and Nelson. Harry, how are you on this fine Sunday evening? Very, very good, mate. Excited. Excited? Pumped? Good. Nels, how about you? Uh, well nourished and well versed in Super Rugby, mate. Well, that's a change. Um, <laughs> so, look, yeah, I don't need a lot. <laughs> this week we have none other than uh, the voice of New Zealand rugby himself, Scotty Sumo Stevenson, joining us on the pod to preview the New Zealand Conference in Super Rugby 2019. Do you think this could be his highlight for 2019? No. Yeah. <laughs> could be. Um, yeah, cool. Very good. But look, all right, so true to our structure, let's get the plugs out of the way. Check out our website, draftrugby.com, where you can find all our previous articles, the Casualty Ward, the Fantasy Round in Review, and the Stock Market, which we are hoping to have fully integrated from our old site this week. And uh, look, we are, we are and will be posting lots of content building up to the kickoff of Super Rugby 2019. And uh, yeah, just get after us on the socials. We are at Draft Rugby on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And again, if you're already following us, you still are. If not, then as Nelson said last week, just be better. Do it. Exactly. All right, so look, our menu for tonight. For Entree, we're mm-hmm. going to give our predictions for the top three fantasy players from the New Zealand Conference in 2019. Uh, unique players for that yeah and uh, look for main course we're going to do the New Zealand conference preview taking you through the five Kiwi teams and how they're shaping up for 2019 and for dessert we'll give you our predictions on how we see the New Zealand conference rankings from one to five at the end of the season excellent all right so let's get straight stuck into it um, I'll try for this week uh, we we have pulled uh, pulled some cards out of our hat and um, what did you get when you pulled a card? We're looking for the highest number possible. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got two, so um, so I get to go last. And, and uh, Maybe well, aces high or low? Yeah, no, I think they're high. But look, I mean, that could be a sign of things to come, can't you? <laughs> the 2019 season, you're starting on the bottom. Well, I've got a long way to fall from, so, you know, from the top, mate, up there. Yeah, so. and you'd fall hard. We'll see. Um, what is it, the bigger, the bigger they are, the harder they fall? Is that what yeah, you're exactly. down for? Yeah, I set his line for him. All right. yeah, so yeah. look, so Harry, Harry drew, drew the top dog, so Harry again gets a kick us off for uh, the first three unique... Um, who will top the fantasy conference? Yeah, yeah. I've obviously got the hardest position here, having to pick my favourite top three <coughs> players for fantasy rugby this year. In general, from all uh, conferences. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So first place for the last three years running has been no four years running yeah. has been Damien McKenzie. Picks itself. So yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think he's going to go the big five. He's a decent player. Yeah. So he's he's a he's a walk in start for me. Wouldn't mind him in the team. Yeah. Richie Mo. Mo Moana is going to be second. I think the Flyhards are going to have a big year in the New Zealand Conference. He's an absolute weapon. Uh, I don't really think he's going to need any rests or anything like that throughout the year. So I think they're just going to load him up and try and get him to be as experienced as possible for the national side. Uh, and then the last or third place for me is a bit of a smoky Dane Coles, who's had obviously a pretty bad run of injuries last year. Who's that? He's a smoky. 
Yeah, that's right. He's a bit of a smoky. You know, he's yeah. uh, he did get a couple of games of the All Blacks last year. Yeah, what, off one the of bench, probably the best hooker in existence for a few years there as well. He was, he was, for he was before Marks. <laughs> yeah, Marks snap, snuck in front of him. He's an old man now, surely. So I, I reckon he's going to be third. I reckon I'm tipping him for a big year. I just love that he can throw a long ball. He's got <clears> a big turn of pace as well. So the added value to front row is now competition. I reckon he's going to be right, right up there. Yeah. And, you, and you reckon he'll win that competition with uh, Ricky Riccatelli for that starting <clears> jersey? Uh, I would say look, it's a walk-up start. Look, him. the thing is, he might share a little bit more minutes, though, than you'd be expecting, because he does have two good players behind him. But nonetheless, he's a, a very good player. Um, for me, my unique players, it's a lot easier than it was last year, because there's more than two decent Super Rugby players in the New Zealand conference. So I've gone for <laughs> Rico... Last week. Last yeah, last week. week so yeah, yeah Rico Yuani is going to be my number one man. Uh, Benny Blam Lamb, I think he's going to be number two. He was killing it early on in the season, and I mean, he, he slipped off the pace there for a little bit. He's got one more crack to make this World Cup squad, so I don't think he will uh, he'll let this one slip by. Um, and then Akira Yuani is my number three. You're, just, you're describing the backbone of my fantasy winning 2018 team. Basically. Pretty much. Um, pretty much. Very good. All right, well, yeah, like last week, I, I've come third, so I have. Uh, Luckily, the New Zealand conference, there's a lot of players to choose from, uh, and I could very well be right, but uh, I have had a lot of my first picks taken. Um, like last week, I was all about the name for Lau, going for all the players' names for Lau. This week, I probably would have almost gone uh, Yuani, so I would have gone Akira, Rico, and Josh Yuani. Um, Harry would have should have, mate. What's your picks? <laughs> very good. <laughs> Take um, All right, moving on. Solomon Alamalo. Uh, he hasn't been picked already, has he? No, no, just no. Checking, well. Just checking if I was actually listening to you guys, but... Um, yeah, so he, he's going to have another big year for the Chiefs, um, and he could be right up there. Then we'll have uh, <coughs> my boy, Georgie Bridge. Nice. Can't really go wrong with the Crusaders winger. Got his all-black cap last year, but the man just knows how to find the try line, but more importantly, knows how to be in the right place at the right time. He is, you know, second to none in terms of finishing. Look, a fun fact, he was actually the top scorer in terms of total points for New Zealand. Correct. I did. I did see that in my, my picking. So, um, do you think you'll do you think you'll get a little bit less game time this year though, considering the the depth of uh, young talent and Izzy Dag being fit all year as well? I do not know. He'll get he'll get all the game time. Yeah, he's the best. Okay, uh, and he's no rest weeks for him, so we're all good. All right, and then my third pick. Um, <clears throat> just going to go back to uh, twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen player of the year, IRB player of the year, Brady Retallick. I think it was twenty fourteen, maybe. We have to check that, but Brady Retallick. So look, he will have a Doesn't few. It? He will no doubt have a few rest weeks, but um, he's he's basically essential to that Chiefs side. And so I only see him really having the two mandatory rest weeks, um, and I see another big year from him. Just snowing better, basically. Yep. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, it'd be pretty huge if a lock got into <clears> the top three, but uh, definitely capable. Brady Retallick, twenty fourteen. You were bang on. Oh, very good. Um, all right. So look, that'll do. That'll do our entree. Um, that's, that was a nice taste tester. And uh, yeah, for main course, as promised. It's a big, big main course this week. It's a big, this is probably the biggest main course we've ever had. So sure. it's like a, we've just walked into Churrasco's. You've you got to, you know, loosen the belt buckles, unzip the pants. Or you can eat. Last week went really well for us, so we decided just to Google Sumo Stevenson's phone number and, uh, <laughs> and again, just tile him out of nowhere and see if he's on board to be a part of this. So uh, why don't we have a crack and just see Fing- how we go? Fingers crossed. Me too, mate. Alright. Yeah. Hey Sumo mate, how you going? Oh, not too bad. I'll just um 
give me two six, mate. I'll just plug in some headphones. Yeah. No worries. Uh, stand by, bud. <laughs> That's all right. Technical technical <clears throat> difficulties. Yeah. There you go. Uh, how's that? Is that better? Yeah, absolutely perfect, mate. You're uh, you're you're here with myself, Harry, and then Kagi and Nelson from uh, from Draft Rugby. Thanks very much for coming on, first and foremost. No worries. Uh, so I just want to go by way of introduction for those who haven't actually heard of Sumo. I'd be surprised if they're listening to this podcast if they haven't. <laughs> but uh, Sumo Stevenson is uh, is previously been the face of Sky Tele- Television rugby coverage from uh, 2007 to 2018, where he worked as a commentator, writer, and also the editor of the Sky Sports magazine. Uh, this year he has a new joint role with TV New Zealand and Spark which has him providing coverage for the Rugby World Cup in Japan, as well as the one new sports team. How lucky. Yeah, very, very good role. Also does some... Yeah, mate, you must be very excited about that. Oh, yeah, boys. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. But, um, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's an exciting change for me, but it's been a great 12 years with Sky, and I've had uh, a dream run, really. I've been given a lot of great opportunities, and, of course, um, to have the privilege of commentating our national game here in New Zealand, and, and not just for a New Zealand audience, but for a global audience. That's been a dream come true for me. So looking forward to continuing that work with Spark and, and with TVNZ, albeit in a slightly different role. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what the future holds. I'm sure it'll be great. Perfect, mate. Well, we're, we're very excited for the, the Rig World Cup and, and looking forward to what, you, you're, what you're going to be doing over there. Mate, just excited to be talking to you. Nelson and I are still pitching ourselves. <laughs> just, just the fact that we're managed to get you on the line. No, nah, mate, oh, it's always a pleasure to help out, lads, you do God's work there, but uh, also, you know, it's, it's good to have a Kiwi on occasionally so we can not pronounce our vowels properly and uh, <laughs> re- really keep the audience on their toes. Look, we've been doing a bit of prep about some Kiwi names as well, so, I mean, feel free to jump in at any point if you think we're saying them wrong. What Nelson's what? saying is, correct Nelson when he stuffs up some names, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't be alone in uh, murdering a few names, boys. We've all, we've all had that experience in our life. In fact, when I first started commentating, it seemed that every halfback had a very long Pacific Island name. <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't Junior happen Polo- anymore, <laughs> does it? Junior Polulaulunganga was one. A lot of people used to shorten his name to Junior Polu, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But the unfortunate thing about Junior Polulaulunganga was by the time you'd finished saying his name, the ball was at the wing, so you never got to make his names for the entire game. That's it. The challenges of, uh, of being a commentator, jeez. <laughs> Very good. I, well, I tell you, brother, my favourite game, boys, I, I commentated during the 2011 Rugby World Cup, and I was the youngest commentator at Sky at the time, and, and uh, they gave me the Romania-Georgia pool oh. match in, 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 in Palmerston North on a Tuesday. Trial by fire. Yeah, it was the last pool match of the tournament, and now, there's two ways to look at a game like that. You can really just say to yourself, well, that's me. I'm the office junior here. That's why I've got this game. <laughs> or, or you can flip it on its head and say, look, the reason I've got this game is because I'm the only bastard who could pull this off. <laughs> and um, I must admit, I think I put Villy on the end of one lot's names and Ski on the end of the other. <laughs> I, I really made up the rest. <laughs> Cold. Very good. I'm sure it's amazing. We'll have to go back and see if we could find some footage from that. Uh, you know, there's some recordings. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, look. Let's get stuck into it. Um, I guess our first, so we're going to preview the. Uh, thank you for coming on to help us preview the New Zealand Conference for Super Rugby 2019. We're all very excited, and I think uh, most people playing fantasy rugby or just loving rugby in general uh, are always most excited to excited to talk about the New Zealand Conference uh, because that's where <laughs> most of the magic happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
So yeah, look, I guess the first question we wanted to, start, to kick it off with is um, just what your understanding is of the uh, the two week mandatory kind of rest period for the All Blacks. So that's uh, that's one of the big questions for fantasy managers in terms of um, will there be play- big players be playing um, and yeah. uh, how that affects them. Yeah, look, there's no doubt that in the off-season, every coach has gone out and looked for backups and key positions where All Blacks are going to be out of the game. Some teams manage that better than others because they've become accustomed to it. The Crusaders are pretty good at it, as you can imagine, because so many of their squad uh, represent the country as well. Mm. Look, I, I, I would say to you fellas that it's still a little bit up in the air. I don't know if there's a final reckoning at this stage between the All Blacks management and the Super Rugby coaches. Yeah. But they're all on board. They understand that this is going to happen whether they like it or not, and, and they don't like it, but mm. this, is, uh, this is a big year for New Zealand rugby. And I guess one of the great things about having a central system the way we do here is that even through the grumblings and the frustrations, everyone gets on the same page eventually, and they, and they make it happen. So you've got two things to consider with the New Zealand conference. That's the, first of all, the, the fact that, that the All Blacks will be coming out back late into their camps, Yep. And secondly, throughout this season, there's going to be mandatory stand-down periods for all of them. So um, what shape that will take yet, I still think, is, is slightly unclear. But, but you can look at the start of the season and say to yourself straight off the bat, there's going to be some big names who aren't going to be lining up for their teams in the first of these local derbies. And that's just a, a part and parcel of what All Black Rugby has meant to Super Rugby for quite some time. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, and also, look, Tana's no longer um, head coach of the Blues, so he didn't. He won't just uh, just ignore those mandates as he did last year and just play, <laughs> play the Yuanis every game uh, last year. Oh, mate, well, he, mate, he had to do something. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting sideline. <laughs> you know, Tana Umanga, um, you know, was named head coach um, mm. to go on this season. Leon McDonald his assistant, yeah. and uh, somewhere in the review process. Mm. Tana took a backward step and allowed Leon to step into the head coach role. I actually caught up with Leon McDonald during the week. and okay. uh, look, He's very excited about what he's seen. Mm. And, and look, I, I try to get excited about the Blues every year because yeah. I'm, in Auckland. I'm, a, I'm a Northland boy and, and I, I, I really do believe in the value of this team. We have an interesting dynamic in New Zealand where, uh, look, a, a third of our country lives in the greater Auckland area. Mm. So a successful rugby team is really important to the overall vibe of rugby in the country and and I was looking through the Blues team, you know, just in preparation for coming on today. Look, they have got some outstanding players, and I don't think having outstanding players has ever been their issue. What I'm most excited about the Blues is the fact that Leon McDonald's there. He's a coach who's worked under some of the very best, including Scotty Robertson at the Crusaders, Kieran Kane at Tasman for a number of years. He's been in All Black, he's been in those shoes. He knows what makes a successful culture. But he's also got Tom Coventry there as well. Tom yeah. Coventry was the catalyst for the Chiefs' ruggedness in the forwards during their title winning sequence mm. uh, in 2012 and 13. Yeah, what a this sequence. Blues, yeah, it yeah. was, mate. Uh, two titles back to the back. And, and Coventry was the man who brought the rough edge there. And I know for a fact that he's brought in Phil Healy now, who was formerly the Chiefs' strength and conditioning coach. Okay. Uh, these boys are going to be pumped up, they're going to be fit. And I think under Coventry, they're going to be repeat efforts off the deck, making tackles. And that's really pertinent to a player like Akita Ioane, last year's player of the season for the Blues. Uh, but this year, I think under Coventry, you're going to see the very best of Akita Ioane because it is a massive moving year for him. 
if he wants to be in this World Cup reckoning. Yeah, definitely. That's it, and we hope he will. <coughs> uh, well, actually, I don't know. We probably don't hope he if will. We don't pay you. We don't. Um, look, while we're on the Blues, I think we'll, we'll kick over onto uh, a bit of their team. But one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, in reference to last year's ITM form, uh, it's actually Mata yeah. 10 form, um, who do you think will be the big um, standouts for the years and, and who's going to be the big stories for the Blues? Yeah, I, I think TJ Fayani will have a great season for the Blues this year. I think he'll get plenty of game time as well. Um, look, we've already touched on Akita Ioane. I think mm. he's primed. I, I really do. And, and I, I believe in the kid. I think a lot of people get frustrated with Akita, but uh, I think he's a kid to watch this year. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's consistency with him, isn't it? That's what uh, people's yeah, concerns yeah. are. Uh, uh, look, it's 100%. That boy's yeah. 100%. Dalton Papali'i, I think, you know, we, we are starting to see what a player he can become. And Harry Plummer strikes me as the kind of kid who, who becomes very crucial to the Blues' success. We know they've had some issues around the performance of their 10s for a very long time. Mm. Stephen Pittlefetta couldn't quite you know, make that jersey his own last year. Uh, Bryn Gatlin's obviously left the club to go to the Highlanders. Yeah. Paul Teddy Black was injured all season. I, I think the jersey uh, will be between Plummer and Teddy Black. I, I'm pretty sure that Stephen Pittlefetta may revert back to fullback. I certainly like him as fullback more than 10. Uh, but, you know, Plummer strikes me as a crucial weapon for the Blues. Someone there who can show consistency. He's got a good kicking game and he's had, coming off the back, as you mentioned, of a very good season and, uh, and might attend Cup. Yeah, look, I mean, that, that's awesome. We, we were tossing up who we thought was going to be in that 10 jersey, so that definitely adds a lot for us and, and what we were thinking. I mean, we, we saw Perifetta as a pretty dangerous player, but maybe he didn't have the direction and the control of that powerful back line. I think that some of the other players there could. Um, yeah, look, I think I think a lot of the coaches here have have, have drunk the flavour aid a little bit as well because uh, you know Bowden Barrett is that guy who's gone from fullback to ten and he's done so seemingly seemingly rather effortlessly, um, and so I, I think every coach in New Zealand thinks they can take a fullback and make them a ten now. Um, <laughs> you know, fair enough. Christ, if it works for one, it could work for anyone, but. Um, you know, Peter Fetter didn't quite come off. Damien McKenzie's still um, finding, you know, his, his time at 10, uh, and he's finding his feet at 10. Uh, Bowden Barrett's a generational player. He's a freak, that kid. And uh, I, yeah. I sometimes think just we might need to go back to saying, are you a fullback or are you a 10? You can't be both. Oh. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think we'd be remiss of us as Aussies not to, to mention a, a one man named Larkham who did a similar <laughs> transition from yep. 15 to 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he was okay. He was a decent player. Yeah, it probably similar. I mean, South Africa, you see a lot of the locks uh, going into that blindside flanker role as well. Well, I think I think Steve yeah. Perifet is probably very similar to Damien Will Empsey uh, in South Africa. You know, mm, they've, they've yeah. been, the Springboks have been playing him at fifteen, and they're both just yeah. extremely dangerous attacking players. And you can certainly see the value in putting them back there. But um, no, that's interesting. Look, I think I think we for us three had uh, Stephen Perifet down for for starting. Or, I mean, ba- or battling with it, Otero Black. We were calling him Vera Franchise all of 2018, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, look, I mean, Otero Black for me is a... You know, he is a great player. And, um, you know, I think he's the kind of guy that you give him some time in the saddle and you'll, you'll start to get better and better performances out of him. And, look, it wasn't his fault that he didn't get any game time last year, as we mentioned, you know, his injury that, that intervened. But uh, I, I'm really excited for him to get a shot. And, and by no means am I, am I trying to put down Stephen Pittlefitter here. Yeah, um, he's such a young kid, and, and you've got to grow into the role at 10. But um, Oteri, I think, brings experience, and he brings a calmness. He's a, he's a lovely guy. And, um, <clears> you know, I, just, I never see him panic on a footy field, and, and that's what the Blues need. 
Mm. Yeah, definitely. Look, I mean, in terms of new faces, you've obviously mentioned Harry Plummer. I mean, Carl Tuakanafi. To an Kwafi. To an Kwafi. To an Kwafi. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Nailed it. Yeah, so he had a, a tremendous rise in 2018, obviously from being um, actually not signed to getting 16 yeah. sort of rugby caps, and I think it was 13 all black caps. So, yeah, amazing. Ab- absolutely massive. Um, also, there's Ma'an Nonu who's returning back. He's got 160 super rugby caps um, and over 100 caps for the all blacks. Is there anyone else there that you think is going to make. Um, a big impact for the team? Do you see someone like Ma'a Nonu actually starting? Uh, do you think his age is going to be something that's going to catch up to him, seeing as he's 36? A leadership role. Uh, yeah, look, mate, injuries always intervene around that age, don't they? And I mean, he's been very lucky to keep playing as long as he has. Sonny Bill Williams obviously had plenty of injury problems as well. <clears throat> Levi Almour signed up with the Blues this year out of Tasman. Uh, he is a big bop and centre. I think he'll get some game time. I'm looking forward to seeing him get game time at Super Rugby level. I think he's got the goods. Um, I already mentioned to you TJ Fayani, he he's no stranger to the Blues and the Auckland setup. But last year in the yeah, as well. Oh, right? d- mate, didn't he? Didn't he? So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, Jacob Pierce at lock, he's got something to prove, I think. Um, and they've got a young locking crew, Tom Robinson. You may not have seen too much of him. He's a big ginger. He's like Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> um, his father was an All Black as well, and uh, he was fun to watch. He can cover lock and six. Um, so I think you'll get some utility value out of him. And, and Hoskins Satutu, um, yeah, uh, I, I think he's a sort of guy on the wing who can really light it up for the Blues. So, yeah, I mean, they've got some talent uh, through the back line and, and they've got some nuggety forwards. And, and they've got a good loose forward trio with Blake Gibson leading the charge here and Dalton Papali'i keeping him on us. So uh, with the addition of Carl Tuanukuafi and a couple of other young props, they, they might have a pack that goes pretty good. Yeah, look, I mean... You were sort of talking about there, you've thrown a few names in that centre pairing. First of all, who do you think will be that 12-13 for the start of the season? Obviously, if if it's someone like Sonny Bill Williams and Nonu, which we're sort of expecting, we think that you're going to yeah. see someone like Rico Ioani probably on that left wing again this year, uh, reverting back from the centres. Um, where does that put Nanai, Duffy, Collins and, and Caleb Clark? <laughs> I mean, yeah, slot of who, who's going to be fullback? Who's going to be on that right wing? Yeah, well, you've got Milani Nunai and, and Duffy, and they can cover both positions. I, I mean, I like Duffy at fullback myself. Mm, um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure mm. where, where, where he'll slot in, but at least he's got some utility factor there. Utility and versatility have become the key words in New Zealand rugby. So um, <laughs> I don't want to see I don't want to see Rico Ioane anywhere near the centres. Um, but I'm, I'm only speaking on behalf of everyone in world rugby. Agreed. I want to see him on the wing. Uh, look, M- Michael Collins has been pretty handy for the Blues as well, let's not forget. So, um, you know, they might want his boot and, instead of Duffy's high ball work. I, I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, it's just the names you mentioned. I think they've got a bit of a jigsaw to work through. And, and, and knowing Leon, he's a pretty conservative guy. He likes a bit of spark and a bit of X factor. But first and foremost, I, I think Leon McDonald, from what I know of him and from what I know of his coaching career, he wants guys to play in their position. He knows better than most what it's like to be playing out of position. Um, you know, he was—he had to play centre at a Rugby World Cup, and uh, he didn't enjoy that much at all. So, um, I don't—I don't think he'll be forcing anyone to play in a position they don't really want to play in, and I think that'll be good for some of these players at the Blues. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I have one more question left for the Blues. Um, obviously, they've got a few locks there. They've got a few guys coming through. A few of the younger blokes. Um, where do you see someone like Jimmy Tupo? Because he had a bit of a chance there to be captain. I know it was only sort of an interim thing, but, I mean, do we see him miss out and not even make the match day 23? 
Well, you've got Paddy Tui-Pelotu, obviously. I mean, and you write him down and pin, don't you, for most games that he's available. Well, once for again, sure. he'll have some all-black all rest period himself. Yeah, Jimmy Tupor is a, a, a player that I, I don't think has ever got as far as he could. And uh, he may well just need a new lease of life. And, and possibly, as I mentioned, the grunt work that Tom Coventry will be putting these guys through will be good for him. Um, Scott Scrafton, he's not, a, he's not a household name by any stretch, and he's had his injury problems as well. But, um, look, he'd, he'd be up for, uh, up for a slot each and every week. Uh, so I wouldn't be writing him out of contention as a starting lock. He's, he's a real yeah. grinder. Uh, Josh Goodhue's there, of course, and he's come off a, a pretty good season with Northland in the Mitre 10 Cup. Mm. Uh, so, look, they've got options at lock, and I think, um, as I mentioned with Tom Robinson, they've also got locks who can play six if you really wanted to, to get into it and carry a bit more height in your pack. And, and uh, given the Blues line-out woes in recent years, they may well want that. And then you've got Jared Cowley Tuiotti as well, who's put in some pretty good performances in provincial level and for the Blues. So... Yeah. Um, he's in the mix too. Uh, if it were up to me, you, you start your skipper, um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then you, you, I think your, your, your two best guys in terms of battling it out each week would be Cali Tuiotti and Scrafton at this point. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I think one other thing we were tossing up, so Dalton Pavali, he's got a bit of a history, I think, in his under-20s and stuff, playing as that blindside flanker role. Do you think there's much of a chance that we see him there in six? with Gibson in seven, um, or do you think we're going to see someone else transitioning into that sixth position? Well, I think you've got to get Papali'i on the field because uh, mm. that man just makes tackle after tackle. Blake yeah. Gibson will be starting seven. Um, again, he's got the co-captaincy this year. Um, I, I don't think Dalton Papali'i would mind what number was on his back. He'd just go out there and do what he does. And, and obviously with the kid of Ioani, uh, being the player he is, pretty hard to slot into number eight, isn't it? Let's take it. Ahead of Aki. So, yeah, look, they may have to be thinking pretty hard about what they do with the likes of Dalton, but, you know, they've also got to carry a, a pretty strong bench for your loose forwards as well. So, um, look, uh, he'll get plenty of game time this year, Dalton Papali'i, but whether they play him at six, um, I, I'm not entirely sure. You know, you go through that squad, no one really stands out as, out, as an out-and-out blind side, do they? So, uh, they may be trying to just just to build him into that role. Yeah, awesome. Perfect. All right, well, look, that's, uh, we've, as, as most people in New Zealand would say, we've probably talked uh, long enough about the Blues, so um, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. um, now, let's move on to probably one of my favourite teams in uh, New Zealand. Let's move on to the Chiefs. <clears throat> um, yeah. And I guess, look, a few changes in the Chiefs uh, for 2019, and um, I guess one of the biggest, biggest questions is, uh, look, we've got down Sam Kane looking like he's probably not going to be back till May. But um, I would suggest that, uh, I mean, if there's any chance of, of him playing in the World Cup, they're going to be extra cautious with him because uh, of the phenomenal role he plays for the All Blacks. Um, yeah. Is that, is that fairly accurate, I guess, in terms of, uh, you know, maybe we'll see him towards the last, the end, uh, but who knows? Yeah, look, I'd, I'd be taking him out of your reckoning pretty yeah. much this season in Super Rugby. Um, he's going to have to find the will and the way to get back into that World Cup squad. I mean, I think he will. He, he's the kind of bloke yeah, who will. Well, look, you know, I caught up with him last weekend. We were um, <clears> part of a charity rugby match way down in the bottom of the South Island here yeah. in New Zealand, and, and, and he flew in for it because uh, the man we were we were supporting down there um, mm. is, is his biggest fan. So, um, oh, look, he's out of his he's out of his neck brace. He's just started running again, uh, uh, but he knows in his position he's not going to be in any rush to risk that um, when yeah. he's got a World Cup on the line. I, I think he's a marginal proposition at this stage, even for a World Cup role. But, okay. you know, I, I, w I would join you in saying, God, I hope so. I hope he gets there because uh, yeah. he's an absolute weapon for the All Blacks. But, yeah, I, 
I think you'd have to take him out of your out of your Super Rugby mix in terms of fantasy this year. For sure, yeah. No, sorry. I meant. Um, I guess it's certainly going to be hard to get back in the All Blacks, but I just meant uh, if anyone has has the will and you know the ability to, to get back, um, it, it'll be Sam, I think. So. Um, oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, I agree with you, hundred percent. But look, they've got some good cover at seven in the Chiefs. Mitch Carpick, uh He's not a tall man, but you know he's a guy who will just give you the full eighty. Luke Jacobson, Lachlan Bashir, These guys are, are now you know pretty hardened by what they've done through provincial rugby and at Super Rugby level as well. Yeah. So they, I mean they've got some pretty good cover in the loose board trio. I mean, yeah, there's no there's no uh, substitute for a Sam Kane, but yeah. by the same token, it gives gives some young guys a chance, and they'll be excited about that. For sure. Well, I mean, look, that you've just let us on. That was my next question. It was uh, Sam Kane's just he's he's donned that jersey every game for so long now. It's uh, you know it's who who do we think will replace him? We we had down really probably Lachlan Boshi getting the starting jersey, but uh, also yeah, Mitch Carpig has been been playing well in provincial rugby, but. Um, Interesting to note. Well, I didn't. I didn't think Luke Jacobson was much of a, of a seven. I thought he was more of a, a six. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I guess they all, all those back rowers in the Chiefs can seem to be able to be extremely <laughs> yeah. versatile and move around. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, they just go out and hurt people. That's, the <laughs> yeah, job, that's you know? it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Lachlan Boshier uh, mm. for sure. Um, look, he's a guy who uh, is. I think he's got a long way to go in the game. Still, he, he impressed on debut. He's continued to impress ever since. Um, and you may be right about Luke Jacobson, maybe more a six-eight. But um, Mitch Carpick, you know, came in with a hiss and a roar. He also had some injury setbacks. So yeah. uh, again, it's a big season for him. He's mm. one of those players who sits outside the spreadsheet. And you know, I think we've all mm. got to be realistic. Uh, coaches now are picking players on height, on weight. They um, and Mitch Carpick probably doesn't sit in any of those boxes, which yeah. uh, I guess lets him down in terms of selection. But Boy, you know, pound for pound, he'd be one of the toughest sevens going in world rugby. Yeah, he's he like a Phil Wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I was just about to say, guys, he yeah. reminds me so much of Phil Wall mm. and the way he just gets in and gets stuck in. And, uh, you know, they both could take the ring back to Mordor, that actually. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, got the for it. It's good. Perfect. Um, all right, and then, yeah, I guess um, moving on. Oh, sorry, actually, I was going to say, the, the only thing setting Lachlan Bosch here back was that, that bloody yellow card against the Crusaders last year, which I remember hearing you go on about, I think. <laughs> You're not happy with that one. Oh, well, we, we all have brain explosion once in a while, don't we? <laughs> no, no one's exempt from that, but, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was pretty weird at the time, I guess. But <laughs> look, you know, they're going to rely heavily, the Chiefs, on, on guys like Brad Weber, Brady Retallick, yeah. um, Damien McKenzie. And again, you know, we go back to that initial conversation about that all-black rest period. Uh, <clears> they're <throat> all going to factor into that at some stage. Jack Debrasini making the teams really interesting for me. Yeah, um, we're hoping that you can you train know. him up for us and then send him back. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he was a bloke that when he first came onto the scene of the Rebels, we said he is the next 10 for the Wallabies. And he just seemed to, to drop from uh, from that sort of... To Peter Ash, Peter yeah. Yeah, yeah I, gee, I don't know what happened to Jack. Oh, look, he's another guy. You know, he, he reminds me of Steve Larkin. He's really calm mm. on the footy field. You never, you never see him phased by much. And he's also got that uh, quite elusive turn of pace. Mm. Um, he can hit a hole if he needs to. I mean, on the footy field, that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's good for him to be down there and just have some experience, especially... Uh, with Tian Falcon also on the first five jersey down there, and Tian's had very limited game time. He's just a young man, so you know, a guy of a guy of Debrasini's experience will, will help the Chiefs no end, I think. Yeah, and, and can, can kick that bloke. God, he's got a cannon on him. So oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess moving on. Some of the other questions we had were um, 
I, I want to talk about the players that I'm excited about. So the players that will, will we get to, to see them have a look in? Uh, we're all excited about Atene Nana Satoru. Uh, not, not sure if he's going to get many minutes, um, but uh, what, what, do you, what do you think? I mean, we know now he's covering some injuries for the Rugby Sevens, but um, do you yeah. think he'll be in and around that match day 23? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, on, maybe get a look in on the bench? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, look, the Chiefs play a brand of rugby where they want guys who can finish the job for them because they work so hard for the ball. So, you know, a guy like that, you know, he, he will get his minutes. Um, Solomon Alomalo uh, obviously has uh, been very good for the Chiefs, although he looked pretty tired by the end of last year. So I'd like to know, I, I hope for Solomon's sake that, that he's refreshed after summer and he comes back hard for Super Rugby. That's probably and because he ran so many metres, mate. He, he was doing <laughs> yeah, laps yeah. of the field, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, mate. I'm not, I'm not bagging him. He deserves to be tight. Absolutely. Uh, and Shooter Stevenson's out there as well, you know, and he covers fullback and wing. So, mm-hmm. look, there's some stiff, stiff competition for the likes of, um, of Satoru. Um, yeah. But, you know, by the same token, look, if you're in the squad, you're getting minutes in Super Rugby, especially in this conference, because it's so attritional. There are so many injuries. Yeah. Um, and, and you're going to pick teams on a horses-for-courses basis. Mm. We've seen the growth of the squads to cover that. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I would stay <coughs> excited about Etienne, and, and hopefully he gets some good, valuable minutes, because uh, he's certainly a player who can break a game wide open. Mm, absolutely. Okay, and just, just following on with that, I guess, look, we, we're, we're all, we all like um, Shooter Stevenson and, and Alamalo, but... Um, we can't really put our finger on who will be starting at fullback, I guess. I mean, they both play fullback and wing. You know, Solomon's also played some fullback in the provincial level, but um, to, uh, they both kind of just prefer either position, or do you think they are going to prefer Solomon in on the wing just because he was doing so well last year and maybe give Shooter a go out back? Yeah, look, I, I, I would probably put um, a guy like Stevenson at, at fullback myself and mm. leave Alain Mullow a bit <clears> more freedom to, to roam. Um, Look, the, the Chiefs, I know, certainly under Dave Rennie, they were always, they picked left-footed kickers to play on the left wing and they picked guys to pick boots so that that back three could really clear their 22 when required. Um, Stevenson does the job for them. Uh, he's very good under a high ball. Uh, he's pretty brave. And, uh, you know, I think he's the sort of guy who can inject himself into a back line and set someone like Solomon up on the outside. And I think that's his real talent in the game, uh, to see those opportunities and also to take his own uh, when he ranges up and, and can read the plays. So I, I think, and uh, I can't read Colin Cooper's mind, but uh, mm. I, I'd be I'd be pretty happy to see Stevenson take that starting job at 15. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, fair enough. Um, and I guess for us, the other big question in the back line is um, ALB will definitely be down at, at 13, we, we think, but um, that number 12 jersey <coughs> with uh, Charlie Nartai leaving um, and Johnny Fauli over to... Uh, I assume Johnny Fauli's probably just killing some people in Japan because that, that's shoulder <laughs> on him, you know? Like, uh, but, mate, uh, yeah. What about that bloke coming out of the line <laughs> and melting people? He's unreal, that guy. Absolutely. Uh, he really is. Um, well, you've got Tamura Manu as well. Um, right. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if they see Tamura as maybe an option um, okay. as an inside back. Was he playing 12, um, for, was he playing 12 for, um, for Auckland? Uh, look, you know, he spent some time in the midfield, but um, oh, he can cover pretty much any position, Samoa. So, right um, and, and he's kind of pretty direct when he runs. And, and I, I would think, looking through the squad, that, that he may well fancy himself a chance in that position too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah I, they are going to be... Look, you know, if you go through that Chiefs squad, they do look a bit light in the <coughs> midfield. And um, that, that's something they're going to have to cover. There's no replacement for a guy like Charlie Ngatai. I mean, he's been such a servant for the game for, for a long sure. period of time. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do there. But, yeah, I, I, 
Balen Sullivan's the other to look out for as well, guys. I mean, he's only a young bloke, but and, and um, also Alex Nankerville. Um, yeah, Alex. Yeah, Alex has come up from from Nelson Way, and uh, you know he probably didn't take his opportunities as well as he could last year. But mm. you know, another year in the saddle and another opportunity this year. So you know, it's a young midfield combination, whichever way they go. But yeah, yeah look, they're just going to have to live live with the fact that they don't have a lot of experience there and they're going to have to deal with it. And uh, that puts a lot of pressure on Anton Leonard-Brown, who, um, let's all be honest, you know, and his role with the All Blacks this season has been phenomenal, coming mm. off the bench mainly. Uh, what a super time he's had. So he'll be pretty keen to uh, to put his foot down and say, right, I want the starting job back. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. And look, um, I guess another player that I really enjoyed who came into the team last year was um, Canadian Tyler Ardron. Um yeah, he, he started featuring and scoring some pretty good, great tries in the, the latter half of the season. Um, we, we're trying to figure out, I guess, I think he's definitely been involved this year, particularly with uh, the departure of, of Dominic Bird. But um, trying to figure out if he if he's going to end up playing more in the locks or um, he he prefers to play back row, from what I understand. But um, I guess maybe Brody seeing a rest week or two. I, I think Brody would only see the minimum because I'm sure he'll want to play every game and and they absolutely yeah. need him. But um, do, do we think Ardron might be really battling it out with, with Michael Allardyce for that second starting lock position? Is that what we think? Well, I think they give him so they, they give you an opportunity on the bench to, to choose wisely, don't they? I mean, he's mm. only 194, which is not big by international locking standards or super rugby locking standards for that matter. Um, but, you know, I, I like the way he approaches the game. He's very physical. He carries well. He's added that to his game. He's, he's got a great set of hands on him. Um, Allardyce would have the inside running for me to lock with Brady Vitalik. Okay. Uh, based on time in the squad, yeah. um, but and uh, the other guy to look out for in terms of locks is uh, Lachlan uh, McQuannell, mm. who uh, really came on for Waikato this season and might have ten cup, and he's a player with enormous promise, and uh, yeah, I think he'll get his fair share as well. Tyler Ardron, I think, probably does see himself as a six boys, but yeah, and um, in, in Super Rugby, uh, there'll be some interchangeability around his role. I'm sure of it. Okay, and look, the boys want to move on, but I, I've got to talk about one final player. The, um, obviously, the Chiefs, um, they uh, they were happy to pick him up, but they, they ended up missing out on Sevu Reese because um, they had already locked in Atata Moekiola, um before Sevu's contracts got torn up at Connacht. Um, yeah. What do you know about Moekiola? I mean, we've just seen you know the few clips of him uh, absolutely rampaging at the Under-20s World Cup against the Springboks. Um I mean, I, I personally think he looks too big to be a winger. I, I get excited by all kind of big Islander wingers, but um, I, I, th- I think he looks like he could kind of fit the mould for a centre, but we, we don't really know anything about him other than uh, he, he looks like an absolute beast. So, have, you, have you got anything about him? No, all I know is he needs to be nicknamed Hakuna, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we just go from there. Look, no, mate, I don't know too much about this bloke at all that... I mean, it's a sign of the times, isn't it? You know, kid yeah. plays one season in the 20s and suddenly he's thrust into a super rugby contract. But, yeah. um, you know, look, you know, this is Kiwi rugby boys. We like nothing more than a big island winger just <clears> running <throat> over the top of people. And, uh, uh, look, I, I think that he will be limited to start with unless he's really impressed during pre-season. Um, and they'll do what they did with Solomon, Solomon Ali Malo in his first season. They just, you know, they'll give him a minute or two here and there. But I can't, I can't see him usurping anyone else in the team at this stage. Okay, no, that's great. Look, I was just fishing for any any kind of reports. Just uh, you know, as fa- fantasy managers, you go hunting for those obscure <laughs> players that just pop up and suddenly become the story of the season. So I was just seeing if there was anything to oh, that mate, effect. Uh, he, he's that obscure that he doesn't. It's on the Chiefs website. It's just a shadow. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he was too big to, to fit in a, in a room to take a photo of. I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, mate. It's all very mysterious. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean, though, right? You know, you see these kids coming every year and you think to yourself, who's, who's going to be the one we're talking about after week four or five? And, um, oh, look, there's always a chance. But, yeah. you know, we've been through that list of outside backs and I think they'll be pretty settled in who they pick to start the season with. Absolutely. There's already plenty to talk about with the Chiefs, for sure. Yeah. So... Just, just moving on, we'll, we'll go on to the Crusaders. Um, I guess the big question is, firstly, do you think they're going to win the comp again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they'll, they'll certainly be trying if I know uh, the Crusaders. Um, yeah, this, this is going to be a really interesting year for, for Scott Robinson. It's going to be his most challenging year to date. That's not to say that you know he, he's done it easy the, the, the first two years. He's been in charge. Back-to-back titles don't come easy, even when you've got the roster that he's got. He works very hard behind the scenes. To make sure that he builds a squad. Absolutely. Look, I I know as soon as they won the title last year, I was on the field after the game, and he just turned to me, and goes, "I've got some great ideas for next year." I mean, it's five minutes after the final whistle. Um, <laughs> you know, this is this is before the breakdowns. Before, before the breakdowns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he, he's already thinking ahead to this year. Um, but if you go through look, the one thing the Crusaders have had for a very long time is they've had consistency of selection. What <laughs> tends to happen with the Crusaders is once you're in, you stay. And then everything else is all about populating your squad to cover for your big names. You know, so you'll see that again this year. And we've seen it over the last couple of years. You know, who was Quentin Strange when he first arrived? No one knew who he was. And now you, you look at him week in, week out, and he's a, he's a chance to start. Um, yeah. And then surrounding guys like Quentin Strange and Ethan Blackadder and Tom Sanders and other youngsters like Oli Yager and, and Harry Allen who's coming to the team this year, are uh, you really experienced guys? Scotty Barrett, uh, Ethan Blay, uh, should I say, Owen Franks, uh, Ben Fennell, Billy Harmon, who's an up-and-comer, Joe Moody, Kieran Reid, Luke Romano. So, you know, you, go, you just start going through that full pack. And, yeah, if you're a betting man, you chuck a fiver on them just before the season's even begun because they're the Crusaders and they have the numbers. And, and I've just gone through the full pack. That's not to mention a... That's not to mention a backline where Anari's coming back into a into a halfback supporting role. Braden Inner is going to be in his full pomp. Uh, George Bridge has already had his All Black debut. Brett Cameron now has been driving the Canterbury ship. Lister Fang Anuku, who was outstanding for the New Zealand under twenties and for Tasman, he's moved into the team. Punavai, who knows how to score a try. Will Jordan, who excites us all. Uh, mm. Do I need to continue, Lee? Oh, you're just you're raising more questions than uh, we have <laughs> time to respond to. It's a... I, I think the biggest problem, as you said, for the puns is putting a fiver on. I think the bookies have got them at about a dollar one anyway. So, <laughs> sadly, I think everybody's thinking the same thing. Yeah, uh, look, and I I don't think that's fair on the other teams just to, just to hand them the title. Uh, what I do know about this side is is that it's just managed very well. But when I mentioned earlier that this will be a, a real challenge for Scott Robertson. Um, <clears throat> You know, last year, you know, he had Sam Wylock. He just played the whole season. He's not going to have that this year. He's not going to have Kieran Reid um, for the whole season. I know he didn't have him last year either, but, you know, that's going to be a disruption. Uh, Joe Moody is going to be a disruption for them. Owen Franks is going to be a disruption for them, much more so than they have been over the last couple of years. So uh, what the Crusaders do and, and do very well uh, and when it comes to managing their All Blacks is they say to the others in the squad, you put pressure on them so that when they come back into this team... They don't come back just thinking that the jersey's theirs. And it's the competitive environment that they forge at the Crusaders that, that keeps them uh, at the top or near the top of the picking order. 
Um, and, and I think that'll go into overdrive this year. So those All Blacks were left under no illusions when they departed in December that when they come back into this camp, they better be ready to go. Otherwise, don't expect uh, to be playing in the team. Absolutely. I think uh, you, you kind of touched on the fact that with so many All Blacks that they're going to be more affected than anyone, anyone else with, uh, with rest weeks. There was a story that came out the back end of last year. They were talking about players like Whitelock, Reed, and even Taylor missing an extra four weeks to the other All Blacks. <coughs> Are you aware of, uh, of any specifics around that kind of the, the resting and some of those really senior players? Oh, look, I, I think Sam Whitelock's <coughs> going to have an extended rest. Uh, he'll want to play, knowing Sam, but I, I think he's come to the realisation that he does need uh, some time out of the game, uh, perhaps a little bit longer than most. Uh, Kieran Reid, look, I, I, he came in for some criticism during the All Black season. I thought was uh, very unjust. Mm. Um, you know, he's finding his groove again, and, and uh, you know he will be building into this year, knowing what's at stake at the end of it. Cody Taylor had a lot of minutes last season, um, but they've got good backups. You know, and that's what we talk about. If you don't have a Kieran Reid in your side, you've got someone else who can come in and do the job. Uh, Fitu Douglas has come back into the team. He can cover in the loose forwards. Billy Harmon, as I mentioned, can cover the loose forwards. Yeah. Uh, if you've got Owen Franks out, you've got cover in the props as well. So you know, all of these things are in place to make sure that the Crusaders are best managed around losing their All Blacks. And, and yeah, I don't think Kieran Reid and, and Sam Whitelock will be alone and having a bit of extended time out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think we had uh, Wetu Douglas penciled in to probably get a, a bit of an extended run at the start of the season there for Kieran Reid ourselves. Um, yeah. Going on to, to one of the most interesting positions for me, just because of the, the quality of the player, they they seem to rotate Bryn Hall and Mitch Drummond about half the half the time each, and it's it's frustrating for us because they're both so talented, but uh, neither one of them seems to be able to hold down the jersey themselves. Is that something that you think will continue this year, or do you see one of them kind of, uh, I guess, starting to get more minutes? Look, I think what's happened to the Crusaders is that the Bryn Hall's been the biggest improver over the last two years of anyone in that squad. Um, you know, when he came down to the Crusaders, he'd had super rugby time, um, but, you know, no one was looking at Bryn and thinking, you know, this guy's the be on end of halfbacks. And, and I don't mean to be unfair on Bryn, but he would admit that himself. Mm. Uh, he's had wonderful coaching down there, and, and I think what's happened is that I don't think any of them look at it like they're missing out. They're, they're a very competitive duo, but they're quite different players. And Bryn Hall became... I guess their first choice during this year, just for what he does um, physically to start a game, and then Mitchell Drummond opens it up. So I don't, I don't think, boys, that it is a case of saying who's preferred. It's a case of saying right, who's going to start the game the best and who's going to finish sure. the best. And, and I guess we've got to look at our halfback selections like that these days. Not, not just oh, you're the best guy because you're starting the game. It may be you're just the best starter. And um, you can be the best finisher and be just as crucial to a team as, uh, as the guy starting in the nine jersey too. Absolutely. Um, the other one that, uh, that I was really interested in was the, the makeup of the outside backs. We kind of have Havili and, and Bridge as locks this year. I think Bridge had an absolutely outstanding a lock in the outside backs, yeah. Uh, had an out, Bridge had an outstanding <laughs> year last year. Uh, Matteelli was probably my favourite to come in on the other wing with the departure of Tamana Valu, but obviously with, with yeah. so many talented players, Dag, Enor, Jordan, who do you think will kind of will, will be the favourite to take that last outside back spot? Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with you on George Bridge, you know, and I think this is a really big year for David Harvilli as well. Um, he's really got to control things, and um, he's a wonderful player, David Harvilli. Um, so I, I, I think you start him at fullback again. 
uh, you definitely chuck George Bridge on the wing. Yeah. And then I guess it becomes an all-out battle, doesn't it, between mm. Braden Enor, Will Jordan and Manasa Mataeli for that uh, other wing spot. And uh, I've already mentioned Yanni Punavai as well. So, um, you know, I think that that's going to be a, a week-by-week proposition. Uh, do you want your power winger? And um, the Crusaders have always thrived on having one power winger and one who's probably a little bit more of a chaser and a fetcher. Um, so, you know, if, if Manasa is fit, I think, you know, he could be thinking he's a chance to start on one wing. Um, and that, that sort of covers your back three at the start of the season. But no doubt for me that Jordan will get time. Uh, no doubt for me that uh, Braden Enor will get time. Uh, Braden Enor is, uh, gee, I'll tell you what, he'd make any white battler 15, Braden Enor. Yeah, absolutely. We, we watched him just sit on the bench. All of, <clears throat> sorry, not even get to the bench really a lot of the last year. We, we thought we were expecting some big things. He came off the back of a really huge Canterbury um, campaign, but um, just hasn't even been able to get a look in. Yeah, look, again, mate, he was another one who had injury intervene on him, so it took him a while to come back from that. But, um, yeah, yeah oh, look, the rare glimpses we have seen of him, mate, oh, he, is, he is a weapon, Braden Enor, and I know Scotty Robertson's a huge fan of his. So, um, yeah, he'll be getting some minutes, sure. But, yeah, as I said, mate, I think Matali, Bridge, and, and Harvelli might be starting line-up in the, in the back three just uh, at, at the beginning of the season anyway. Perfect. Uh, one, of the, one of the young guys that we were really excited about was Brett Cameron. He's obviously... An absolute freak uh, of an athlete. Apparently, you know, when I was doing my research, I found he was actually playing for the New Zealand under-19 cricket side as well, uh, and obviously made his debut against Japan last year. Uh, what do you think we'll see from him this year? Well, he's going to have to cover, isn't he? I mean, he's in that team uh, as backup to Richie Mwanga, and um, so they'll, they'll get minutes out of him. Uh, look, you, the one thing I know about a Crusaders side is you, you don't make the team unless you're going to play. And um, Brett Cameron's been given a, a full contract. Uh, we all know that Richie Moanga came in as a young man and, and took a while to find his groove. Once he found it, he's, he's just gone on an upward trajectory and there's no reason that Brett Cameron can't do the same. He's quite a big man, Brett Cameron, too. If you, you stand alongside him, he's, uh, he's pretty well put together. So he, he'll bring a different dynamic, too, to what Richie Moanga brings. And you know, I, I think that's crucial in the game these days to say, right, whoever's on the bench has to bring something just a little bit different so that we can keep a team under pressure for longer. Um, and don't forget, you've got Mitchell Hunt as well. Um, and, and he'll rightly claim that, you know, that backup 10 jerseys should be his. Mm. So uh, he'll, he'll be going toe-to-toe with Brett Cameron all season long, I'm sure, about um, who gets that second 10 spot. Yeah, we were, we were actually just talking before the podcast about Mitch Hunt. He's one of those guys that has never put a foot wrong. You know, he's finished off a number of games for the Crusaders. Just an absolutely outstanding athlete. But he's just another one in this squad of just absolute talent where it's just so hard to get a, a foot in and, and to play any extended minutes to make a name for yourself. Yeah, look, it is. Um, that's the nature of the beast. But you'd rather be inside the tent than outside it when it comes to Super Rugby. And, you know, we've already mentioned in the pod today, boys, that, you know, injuries are going to play a part this year. They always do. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, where they go with the Cameron Hunt selection. You know, I think we can all agree that Richie Moe's the, the starting 10, isn't he? So yeah, it really absolutely. comes down to, to who's putting in the, in the hard yards at their training and, and who they trust <coughs> to, uh, to do the job when uh, Richie's not on the field. Yeah. yeah. Last one for the, for the Crusaders for you. Izzy Dagg, uh, what, what are you expecting from him? You know, he's obviously, again, just one of those guys that's pushing for a, a few spots, had a few injuries that he's kind of come back from. Is, is he someone that you're expecting to kind of make a bit of a push for even the international side? Or wh- where do you think his role kind of fits in with this team? The word is veteran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's mate, he's definitely a veteran. Look, you know, it's hard to pick with his. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries and in his position there. They're really tough injuries as well. 
Um, they're the kind of injuries that, that really make you suffer in terms of your, your speed, uh, your agility and your bravery. Um, look, I, I think Israel's put international rugby behind him. Um, he knows that he's been there, done that, and is, is probably out of the reckoning right now. I'm, I'm putting thoughts in his mind. Um, I haven't heard this from the horse itself, but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure um, where Israel's at with his body at the moment and his fitness, but Look, he's in that team, and, and I think like, he'll be certainly taking a leadership role, but I, I just suspect that his time on the field might be limited this year. Yeah, I think rolling over to the Hurricanes, just as any other Kiwi side, obviously, they're going to have some selection issues purely because there's a lot of good players there and there's a few good players coming in. Um, one thing that we were really interested out of, with, with Bedwell Curtis coming across, um, do you think we're more likely to see Fafida at lock Bedwell Curtis at six, or do you think we've seen someone like James Blackwell get that run um, at lock with Fafita and Bedwell Curtis to sort of fight it out for that six jersey? Yeah, interesting point, because um, you've got Sam Lousy there who never lets you down at lock as well, um, and via Fafita, uh, he's already been the subject of a bit of an internal wrangle, hasn't he, with the All Blacks and, mm. uh, and his former coach, Chris Boyd, about where he should play. Look, he's listed as a loose forward with the Hurricanes, so I guess that's an indication of where they want him to play. Um, but, you know, like most guys in this uh, Super Rugby setup, you, you've got to do what's best for the team first and foremost. And if Fire for Feeder needs to slot in that lock, I don't think he would complain. Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of look through their, their squad, and, and, and again, that look, they've got athletic locks, but I, I think set pieces where they need to focus on a little bit more, the Hurricanes, and I know they probably will under uh, John Plumtree as a head coach. He's a great line-out specialist, especially defensively. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess you touched on the point of having uh, uh, guys like uh, Gareth Evans there in the loose forwards as well, um, mm. who did a great job for the Canes last year. Um, and Henwood coming back through, and Bedwell Curtis, as you mentioned. I, they, they've got grafters in 6, 7 and 8, and uh, Artie Savia, of course, their superstar as a 7. Um, I say Walker Leawelli is, is the lock that I would be keeping an eye on for the yeah. Hurricanes this year. It's huge. I, I think it's going it's to, mate, it's, it's, it's his year to shine. Yeah. Um, you know, via Fafita, we know what he can do, whether he's playing lock or six. Um, but, you know, as an out-and-out lock, um, I say Walker Leawelli and what he's been able to achieve as a young, young man. Um, I am so excited to see what he can put out in the field for the Canes. Yeah, what, what are they going to call him if, uh, you know, they call Sam Lousy the small island? Uh, is he the, 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 the big island? I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, well I'd call, you, can call, you can call him anything you like, but not like for <laughs> breakfast, I imagine. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, uh, no, he is a specimen. I, uh, I called the Marty game against the US, and uh, he scored a 50 metre try from a kickoff, and uh, he runs like a winger <laughs> and, uh, and hits like, a, like an old school lock. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, no, you, you, you mentioned Sam Lousy. Um, he, and how he's kind of really made that jersey his own last year and, and being immense for the Hurricanes. He's, uh, he's another one we let go from the Waratahs, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. You could, you yeah, could probably yeah, say... You're good at that. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably say the time at the Waratahs did well for him. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we, we formed just, it. We only take your best. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, on to uh, probably our next question. I mean, they've got a lot of high-scoring outside backs. Obviously, uh, Julian Sevilla has left this year. Um, one of the guys who was the top uh, point scorers for fantasy a few years back, or, or at least close to it, was Nehi Milner-Scooter. Um, obviously, he's a bit of a hot stepper. He's lost a, a bit of a yard of pace, I think, with a few of his injuries. Um, do you think he's a bloke we're going to see lots of, or he's a bloke that, I mean, he's going to have to do some work to get back into that starting lineup? 
Made of glass. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you've always got to have wear, but, you know, Nihi has uh, made his decision about his future, so um, yeah. he'll be he'll be in the season pretty relaxed, I think. Um, yeah. It's been a real battle for Nihi. He's been in the All Blacks, and whenever he's been in the All Blacks, he's been fantastic, but every time he starts to find his groove there, he's been injured. So I think taking the All Black equation away from the season for him is going to be really, really productive. Yeah. He can just get out there and be Nihi Milner Scudder. And, and when he does that, he's outstanding. But, you know, they've got some great talent on the outside. So they've signed up Celesi Rayasi, who uh, is another young winger who's, who's had a great season in Mitre 10 Cup rugby behind him. Jonah Lowe's no slouch, the Hawks Bay winger. He'll be in there as well. So uh, add that to the Ben Lamb factor and Wes Person, <laughs> who offers great utility value. And, and you know, they're going to have some big decisions to make. But Nehi's experience alone, I think, gives them an advantage to start the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we're, we're three blokes that are, are big fans of a few other guys there. So, I mean, Wes Hoosin, you mentioned. Another guy is Vince Arso. So, I mean, a few yeah. seasons ago, he was an absolute machine, scoring uh, tries left, right and centre. He's set a sort of slid down that ranking. Um, do you think we'll see him maybe shifting to that the wing rather than playing anything in the centres? Or, or what do you think we're going to see from him? I like the Vince Arsenal-Medi Proctor combination in the midfield. Yep. I always have. Um, you know, look, that, I think that's where he can do the most damage, Vince Arsenal. But, I mean, you've, you've got Nani yeah. Lamapi as well, who would make the biggest claim on that position, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, the minibus. Um, having, yeah, <laughs> look, but, you know, I Vince Arsenal is a guy who is just, he will do whatever you need him to do. Um, and, look, when he's on the wing, he's potent. And... Uh, you know, it's a, I think it's a joy for the Hurricanes selectors to be able to have someone like us or you can start him on a wing, you can move him in or you can start him in the midfield and move him out. And, um, you know, I really like that about the way he plays the game. Um, you know, look, the Hurricanes base their game around, you know, a pretty nuggety pack who like to get in and disrupt with Gareth Evans. So you need backs who are fully focused on opportunity. That's where Ben Lamb was so good this season. That's where Vince Arso's strength is and, and he made a scutter as well. So... And they're pretty well served in that department, especially from a counter-attack point of view. And I haven't even mentioned the Barretts, Bowden and Jordan. <laughs> I know, amazing. Yeah, it's a tough situation for them to be in, definitely. We'll take them. Yeah, definitely. We'll take any of them. You can yeah. just send a few our way. Um, no, no dramas, boys. Yeah, uh, another guy, I mean, he's had a lot of injuries, which I suppose a few of the guys are talking about now, and especially in the Hurricanes. Um, Dane Coles, he got a few games in, obviously, for the All Blacks uh, last year. Um, he was a, a real star for a number of years and as I think it was fair to say probably the best hooker in the world now someone like Malcolm Marks would be probably spoken about a bit more, bit more like that um, purely just to his injuries I'm guessing do you think he's a bloke that will get much rest in, in the squad or seeing as he hasn't played too much footy recently do you think he'll be week in week out so a bloke we get to see a bit more of uh, I hope we do, boys. Yeah, um, yeah Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Riccatelli was great for the Canes and has been for the last couple of years. Uh, but the return of Dane Coles uh, for the All Blacks was heartwarming. Uh, you know, he's been through a tough time. Those injuries are tough, um, especially in position like his and with the athlete that he is. So, um, you know, he'll be pretty keen to get back into the Hurricanes and just stamp his authority on that jersey. He knows he's in a battle royale with Cody Taylor as a starting All Black. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's exciting for Dane Coles. And uh, I also think it's going to bring the best again out of Ricky Riccatelli to have him really nipping at the heels this year and saying, hey, mate, last year you, you got it by default. And that's no offence to Ricky, but uh, he kind of did. So uh, this year you're going to have to earn it a bit more. And that can only be beneficial to their entire tight forwards. 
Yeah, and yeah. I was excited to see Asafu Amua, who we're not going to see any of now, you know? He, he was an absolute powerhouse. Yeah, I think Asafu's still struggling a bit with his fitness work, boys. So okay. uh, I know... I noticed on Instagram during the preseason uh, there was a bit of gentle ribbing on a suffer, especially when the old uh, Surf to Summit race, which is uh, goes from uh, the beach in Wellington right up the top of Mount Victoria. Um, I could get oh, there was some subtle uh, subtext going on there that a suffer might have been struggling a little bit. So right. um, you know, look, there's no doubt that at under 20 level he was an absolute sideshow. But um, you know, you, you get to this level and and uh, the metrics are very different. So. Hopefully, Asafu's worked pretty hard during the preseason, and, and uh, we will see him uh, get some get some time in the saddle. Mate, you could you could run that hill race now. You're looking pretty schmick these days. Mill <laughs> Mills is, uh, has has been rubbing off on you a little bit, maybe on the on the pod. Well, I live next to a mountain, so um, you know, <laughs> there's no excuse. Uh, I've got to, I've got to get up the hill once in a while, but um, I'll, you know, I'll keep jogging away, mate. But uh, <laughs> jogging, you know, screw screw the preseason of Super Rugby. That stuff is uh, yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> that. Absolutely. Another guy we're, we're interested in, um, obviously, Matt Proctor's been getting some good time in the centres. His younger brother, Billy Proctor, I mean, he looked like an absolute weapon for, for Wellington. He's a bit bigger, um, and he looks like he, he could be a great prospect. Um, do you think that's what we'll see him as? He'll be a guy that might get a few minutes, and, and that's about it? Or do you think um, his time might be this year? Yeah, oh, look, that's a great question. I mean, I can't answer that. You know, without knowing what they're thinking in the, in the Hurricanes coaching staff. But, yeah, Billy Proctor is a player with a very big future. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you're right. I mean, he brings a lot of physical attributes that, that sort of um, his brother and a bit. And um, that's got to be exciting for the Canes to have him in there uh, and someone they can mould in the shape they need to mould him into. Um, yeah. Learning from his brother. Look, Matt Proctor's probably been one of the most underrated backs in Super Rugby for the last five years, if you ask me. But... Um, you know, certainly, certainly according to Boyd <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well that's right well you know there's a reason he's going um, but look uh, um, you know Billy's Billy's a guy who um, we've all admired as he's come through the ranks and uh, yeah he'll make a statement this year for sure I, I would count on that yeah, I know. It's, it's it's incredibly frustrating as an Australian fan to watch uh, whenever you got, uh, in New Zealand seem to lose a player like Matty Proctor going overseas, you just bring in a younger brother to replace them and, <laughs> and they're often they're often better and, you know it's just uh, it's ridiculous yeah, we, we run rugby eugenics programs over here. <laughs> it's, just, it's just about breeding. Well, look, if you want to DM us the details, mate, we'd, be, we'd appreciate that, all right? <laughs> no worries, no worries. I don't know if you could say it's the same thing. We've got uh, Izzy Flowers' younger brother coming through. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're expecting big things, but purely by his name and name alone, not too much reputation, I think. Well, he's got the genetics. He's, 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 he's the same size. No, uh, he's bigger, mate. You keep saying he's the same size. Okay, all right, he's bigger. But, yeah, well, so I'm not oh, sure if you... Yeah, I can see the I can see Australian rugby's legal team suddenly scurrying around, making sure that they put an Instagram contract in there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, for sure. I think that pretty much sums us up. Is there anything else that I think you didn't get a chance to, to mention there, or for the Hurricanes? No, look, I mean, I think the Hurricanes will do what the Hurricanes do. They're always going to be a threat, and. Um, you know, if I if I look through their squad, you'd be you'd be thinking they are definite semi finalists for sure. For sure. Um, and and I just you know it'll be interesting to see if there's if there's major changes under John Plumtree's leadership. Um, I, I think last year was a, a transition year for the Canes, which may have been the reason some of their performances weren't quite up to scratch. I think with Chris Boyd leaving. Uh, it was quite disruptive for the organisation. Yep. So, um, you know, there's a few guys in this team who are going to be running their last race as well, and they're, and they're guys who are well-respected in the side, and they're going to want to make a statement for them. And, you know, again, with, with Bowden and Geordie, um, 
you know, they're going to have to deal with their absences. I think they'll be wanting to keep Bodie and Cotton Wool a, a little bit, the All Black selectors, and uh, you know, so that's that's going to be their challenge, making sure there's someone who can step into those shoes at will and, and is ready to do so. I assume that's why they brought Fletcher Smith across as well. Oh yeah, look, definitely. I mean, Fletcher will get some game time. I'm sure he was outstanding for Waikato this year, Fletcher Smith. Um, no doubt about that. And uh, you know, he, he felt quite aggrieved about not making the Highlanders team, but you know, he's been given a lifeline here, and uh, yeah, he, I'm sure he'll use it for sure. Right. So talking of the Highlanders, I, I love how you're just segueing between everything <laughs> we want to talk about. The consummate profession. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably yeah. They've probably had the most settled lineup out of all the New Zealand conferences, but obviously the New Zealand teams. But obviously, the big loss for them is going to be Lima Sapoanga, who's over at the Wasps. So, who do you see? There's obviously a three-way battle. Battle there: Gatlin, Banks, and Joshuani. Your best mate, Marty Banks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, 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 it was a stipulation to come on this podcast. And you don't mention his name. Like, <laughs> we'd be we'd be lying if we we said we didn't message him to see if there's anything we could throw at you, but. Sadly, we're a little bit late on to it. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, let's be honest, he's an arsehole. But, uh, uh, I was going to oh, say, feel free to throw some shade at him, but you just jump <laughs> straight into it. Doesn't no, he's, uh, oh, I'm, I'm thrilled to have him back, mate. I've been missing a laugh at someone, and um, you know, he's found to provide it. But um, no, That's Marty it. Banks is there. I think, look, what's exciting is... You know, Joshua is only a young guy, but um, he's started to develop some real skills as a 10. Um, and I think he's the kind of player that, that a guy like Aaron Major admires, just someone who'll get out there and, and change the game up. Bryn Gatland, um, he's going to have a point to prove. Um, you know, look, he's got talent, Bryn Gatland. There's no doubt about that for me, that, that he's a guy who, I, I think under the guidance of someone like Aaron Major, who's played 10, played 12, mm-hmm. and expects his back line to be really brave, Bryn Gatlin can thrive there, and when he's got a, he's and a got cool a head, he's got a cool head. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. And look, you know, the, the Highlanders play a, a really tough brand of footy. They like to kick the ball to the opposition and then try and kill them. That's what they do week in, week out. Um, they've got a really settled midfield with Tay Walden and uh, Robbie T. Um, so you know, when you've got players like that and they play close to the line, both on attack and defence, you've got to have a ten who can get them into the game. That's what Lima Sopawanga became very good at doing. And that's what anyone who wears that 10 jersey for the Highlanders is going to have to do. So that's going to be, I think, the biggest work on for Brent Gatland in the pre-season and, and through this period is making sure that he is on the line and he's taking it on. He's creating opportunities for both Walden and Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of the, one of the other really hotly contested positions for them is obviously the number six jersey. There's just you know th- three guys between Dixon, Squire, and, and Frizzell. We'll take Frizzell back again. Yeah, we'll take back. Is this just going to be a I can't believe. I can't believe you let him go. What are you thinking over there? We were thinking the same thing. Yeah, so we, we've often uh, talked about Sumo that we should actually just walk into the uh, the Waratahs building um, and just just sit, sit down in the chairs. Just the... just just sit down at the empty desk because there's obviously no recruitment team in there. So um, we should just sit down, <laughs> set up some computers, and get to work. Really, um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we call we we call them road cones. If you replace them with a road cone, the same amount of work. <laughs> uh, but um, no, yeah, you're not that's wrong. Unfair. I, I'm sure they're working hard at the Waratahs. I take all of that back. <laughs> um, look, uh, Frizzell, yes, um, definitely, he's going to be in the mix. Jackson Himmelpour is another. I know he's been used a lot at lock, but you know he brings a real physicality to that position. Um, and Elliot Dixon obviously has some veteran uh, qualities about him as well. Um, so they've, they've got some decisions to make in the loose forwards. Is it going to be Lenchies or Hunt to start at seven? 
Uh, that's another question that uh, I can't answer right now. Um, is Liam Squire going to start at eight for them, or is that Luke Whitelock's spot? Uh, yeah, I, I tell you, when you when you look through the quality of their loose forwards. Uh, it's a frightening proposition if you're trying to run the ball in narrow channels, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, for 80 minutes, because they've just got this ability just to cycle on the next beast that'll, uh, that'll put you yeah. on, your, on your ass every time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, I, I really like James Lynch. He's had done for a long time. Um, you know, he, he started when he made his comeback last season. He was coming off the bench a lot, and they, they love Dylan Hunt and what he offers. Uh, I think you might see Lynchy start a few more games this year, and, and Hunt being his backup at seven. Yeah. Um, Squire, Squire's your starting six in any team, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah. So then it's what it's what you do with the others, and um, uh, you know you can't pick them all. So uh, <laughs> what's going to be interesting is uh, if you play in fantasy, you're going to have to choose wisely around that loose four trio for the Highlanders if you if you want any of those guys in it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Is, is is Squire still just I guess out of interest? Is he still your, your starting six for the All Blacks at the moment? I mean. He's just an absolutely immense man. Uh, I, I didn't. I was telling the guys before the podcast. I didn't, I didn't realize quite how tall he was, how big he is, until I, I saw a photo of him standing next to Peter Stefft Toy. That he's, he's the same yeah. height. He's the size of a lock, but he's as quick as every six out there. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's he's only four centimeters short of two meters, Liam Squire, and, and one hundred and fourteen kilograms. So uh, yeah. he goes all right. <laughs> um, look, he he loves hunting wild pigs. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, like that, I mean, that's his off season, really. He just goes and kills things. <laughs> so same as his on season, then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like Squire, Squire for me, like you know, we 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 have a good fan club of Liam Squire here. I, I think he is the starting six for the All Blacks at this stage. Yeah. Um, but but he's one at the moment. He's he's just on the edge right now. I don't think we see the explosiveness from him um, with the All Blacks this year. And that's what they need from him. They need a guy who can really hurt you. And uh, you, you hurt people when you're off the line quickly and really making hits. And so, so Liam Squire is going to want a few extra minutes this year just to just to find that groove again. And uh, you look, I'm sure they'll give him that opportunity for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that, that's right. He's got, his main competition, I think, is Frizzell there, right? So it'll be between uh, between those two and how they manage them. Who, funnily enough, you know, he's another guy that's in that All Blacks picture as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, obviously a little less experienced than Liam Squire, but yeah, no, no less exciting. Shannon Fizzell, uh look has the opportunity to become one of the most athletic forwards in the game. And uh, what I liked about him is, is the more I watched him from this year, the more I noticed how much of a shoulder he can put in on defence. And uh, you know, like it's one thing to be a great ball carrier and to do stuff when your team's on attack, but it's quite another as a six to be doing the dirty work that, that people don't often see. And, um, yeah, he started to get some real graft behind his game, and I think that's exciting for the Highlanders and for the All Blacks. Sure. What about uh, what about Richard Buckman? He seems to be out of feeling pretty much anywhere. Um, I think they started him in the centres when he came back last year, and then he finished up on uh, kind of sharing a wing spot with Tavita Lee. Do you think that they're going to kind of settle in on, on a position somewhere for him, or is he going to be that Mr. Fix-It? I think maybe at the start of the season he may be a utility guy off the bench. I mean, the buck truck is uh, he's as cultish as they come, isn't he? Um, and, you know, he's a great hype man around the team. Everyone loves him down there. Um, and, you know, there are players in rugby um, who, are, who are talismanic and you just don't quite know why. Uh, they, they might not be fashionable. They might not be the biggest. They might not have the best step. But somehow when they're on the field, things happen around them. And, and Richard Buckman is one of those guys. Uh, we, we love him and um, you know I know the Highlanders boys are huge fans of him and 
it'll just be great for them to have a full fit season out of him so that they can use him where they need to use him. And, you know, I, I think, as you said, like Bucky won't mind where he goes, mate. They'll just put him wherever he needs to be and wherever they need him to play, and, and he'll go out there and he'll do the job. And uh, what a great player to have in your squad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the young guys that, that we're excited about is Perry Perry Parkinson. You, you, we mentioned Hamopo before and said that, you know, he might be spending a little bit of time around the loose forwards as well as locked. Tom Franklin's Mr. Consistency. And uh, Perry is, is obviously a guy that's got a huge amount of potential and, and we're kind of expecting to see come through a little bit more this year. Yeah, Putty Putty Parkinson uh, was locking the scrum for the New Zealand Māori side against the USA. When we mentioned, um, I say, a Wokalia Wedi before. Um, yes, uh, a huge kit with uh, a lot going on. And, um, yeah, look, they'll want to see him get plenty of minutes because... He's a tall man for starters. Very rarely loses his line-out ball. He's a good reader of the line-out. Uh, but he's also got that extra bit of athleticism and pace. So, um, you know, he may may not be the eldest statesman there in terms of the locks. You've got Dixon and you've got Franklin and others too. Uh, but for sure, I, I would see Putty Putty Parkinson having a pretty big say in this season in terms of the type five selections. Perfect. Sumo, thank you so much for uh, bearing with us and, uh, and and your patience and going through all of the different teams. So I guess, uh, look, one final thing we'd, we'd love from you that could be a bit hard at this early, early stage of the season, but uh, we're, we're all about to just give our, our predictions, our rankings of the New Zealand Conference at the end of the year. Um, so putting you on the spot, I'm sure you think yeah. about this a lot, but uh, what, where do you think we're going to end up uh, in terms of one to five in the New Zealand Conference? Oh, that is such a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to offend today? We're, we're, we're an hour and five minutes into this, and you <laughs> save the best for last. Um, <laughs> um, look, Crusaders are going to be my number one uh, pick. Safe, uh, safe. Yeah, well, it is safe, and, you know, it's smart, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, I've, never, I've never been accused of being the latter, but um, I'm going to go there this time around. Yeah. Um, I, I think... Uh, shit, boys, you really have put me on the spot here. Uh, look, I think I think the Canes will come in second in the comp, and yep. uh, and, and I do believe that um, that then we'll see the I think we'll see the Highlanders and then the Blues and then the Chiefs. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Great. Yeah, so that's good. Pretty much the Chiefs are going to be the big losers for the year. Everyone else is pretty pretty similar. <laughs> I think that's not what he was uh, <laughs> trying to draw attention to. <laughs> I could change. I reserve the right to change my mind tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so can we pretty much quote you saying Chiefs will be the losers? No. Uh, look, no. I, yeah, I think I, I think they're going to have their struggles with Chiefs this yeah. year. I think they've lost they've lost some really key weapons, and um, yeah, I I just look around that team and think about the disruptions. And, and look, yeah. I mean, it's we're dealing with fine lines here, but yeah, I think if any team is really going to feel the pinch this year, it could well be the Chiefs. Too easy. All right. Well, um, perfect. Look, Sumo, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, it's uh, like I said at the start of the podcast, we're pinching ourselves just because, you know, we, we pretty much try and watch eight games every week. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we, we're very accustomed to hearing your voice and, and we're still really looking forward to the short ball coming back. I, I just listened to the recent episode, but um, the, the actual show, the short ball coming back with, um, with Mills. Um, sure. And yeah, look, it's, it's as if you had all our notes uh, tonight because you've just you've just taken us through all of our questions and content absolutely unprompted. So, um, I mean, that just speaks to uh, 
to you as Mr. Rugby. I think we should consider actually cutting our bits out, and it'll probably be a, better, <laughs> a bit more flow. Yeah, we'll just gel soon, mate. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll tell you what, boys, that'll be boring listening to me for an hour, and I know I'm unfortunate enough to have to do that most weekends. But no, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Look forward to uh, listening to your podcast throughout the year, mate, and uh, to you and all your listeners. Uh, Let's get into the, the start of the season. Uh, I, I won't be a part of it from a commentary point of view, but I'll be like you boys. I'll be watching every weekend. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. Perfect. So much. Uh, is there anything we can plug for you? I mean, look, we can get after Sumo on Twitter and on Instagram at Sumo Stevenson. Uh, we noted yeah. that you, you introduced yourself uh, on, on you know, your bio is a guy. But uh, look, we think it's much yeah. more appropriate that it should be the guy. Uh, you know, we think you should update that. But um yeah, is there anything else we can plug for you? I mean, I, I got for Christmas Croczilla, so I'm looking forward to reading oh, that. Oh, good on you, boys. No, look, no, please, uh, no, no plugs required, lads. Just uh, I'm very happy to talk to you. I'm very happy to talk to you anytime. So, um, no. Thanks so much, Simon. Look, you can you can uh, you can keep uh, I guess up with uh, uh, us on social media on how we're developing a fantasy rugby platform. You know, we're we're hoping to try and make fantasy rugby bigger than fantasy football is. Um, and particularly with uh, with Fox Sports stopping running theirs uh, this year, we're trying to fill that void. So um, hopefully, big things from us this year. But yeah, look forward to um, to getting after you as much as we can this year, and and looking forward to the kickoff of the Super Rugby season. Excellent, boys. Well, I wish you all the best, and uh, yeah, I'll keep an eye on that for sure. I'm sure it'll be good fun for all the uh, all the guys who enjoy Super Rugby. Get on board. Cheers, Perfect. Mate. Thanks so much, Sumo. We'll Thanks, talk to you later. Thanks. Cheers, lads. Bye now. Yeah. Bye. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, very, very good. So, Kogi's uh, actually stood up and he's, he's doing a lap of the house. I think purely out of excitement. Is that fair to say, Kogi? No, no, it's very hot in here. I think he's getting his arms up to try and get some airflow in. <laughs> yeah, well, it smells, <laughs> it smells for the rest of us. So, can you put those arms back down? Thanks, mate. So, I think, yeah, let's, are we going to roll on to our, our predictions? Yeah, let's kick on. I mean, I, I think. Uh, I actually forgot we were still recording. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> thought it just ended with some. I thought, why, why? Like, that's the mic drop. Why do we need to keep talking? I think we might be uh, poking the bear or, or making a bad decision if we're going to try and give a different ranking to Sumo Stevenson for the New Zealand Conference. Yeah, no, no doubt there. Nelson will, though. So let's start with Nelson. Yeah, okay. No, <laughs> look, I mean, the things I was thinking about, obviously, Crusaders, Hurricanes, it's hard to argue that they're going to be the top two. They're a lot of class. I was hoping. Order. Crusaders, Hurricanes? Yeah. Yes. One, two. I was hoping to see the Blues off the bottom. I wasn't necessarily going to throw Chiefs down towards the bottom, but, I mean, we've heard it from from Sumo. I think that's a pretty safe bet. (laughs) um, I'm actually going to go the other way. I I do think the Crusaders are the most likely to win it, but I really want the Hurricanes to top it. When it comes down to it, I think those two teams more than likely are going to win almost every single game anyway. So the Hurricanes have this unique ability to score a bonus point every single game. So if they can get one of the two wins over the Crusaders, then I think they're a pretty good chance of actually topping the pool, which would obviously make the finals campaign really, really interesting. I was I had a little bit of a thought about Hurricanes in the top. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting purely because those rest weeks and see how they, they deal with that. Obviously, who they, they rest against. I'm guessing we're going to see full sides up against each other, and that's going to be the thing that basically dictates who, who comes one and two there for the conference. Yeah, and look, just um, it's it's never too late. But um, you know, after after that great main course, um, I was you know, still getting a little bit peckish, and it was even though we've basically just done it, it's still time for what you go, what you go, <laughs> 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 do, 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 do
You've it been. Is, it is too late. It you've been. Late. You've been poor for the last few weeks, but today you were atrocious. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough when someone just throws you under the bus like that. I, I you've had one gonna... job. No, no, it, it's, you threw him under the bus. It's something he does every week, and he didn't expect it this week because you threw him. I did not bus. not mid dessert, not mid dessert. So you know when we we play around with the speakers here. Harry's, we're just, Harry, Harry's just going to edit, edit it in anyway, so it's fine. Pretend like it's all good. Just yeah. cut, cut this whole bit down. We're one take, take group, Matt. That's it. With that yeah, all right. That was perfect. Better late than never. No, so yeah, um, obviously we've basically just done it, but I think so what? Nelson, you're ranking the same as Sumo? Uh, look, I mean, uh, for, for the sake of being different, maybe I'll say the Highlanders will be in the bottom. Um, Blues will slip into fourth, and I think Chiefs, oh, Chiefs, I'll say three. So I'm saying the top three, the same from last year, and I think it'll be the, the Highlanders and the Blues that switch around. Yeah, I went Hurricanes, Crusaders, Chiefs, and then I'm going to say Blue Highlanders, and I'll, I think Blues will be closer, but I still think they're going to come in fifth. Yep. All right, because I am uh, almost as big a fan of the Yuanis as I am the Falaus, Uh <laughs> Okay, let's be honest. I'm, Blues I'm first, I'm a, I'm, a bit, the seconds. I'm a bigger fan. Uh, no, I'm going to put the Blues in at number, number three. Wow. Okay. So they this get, is their year, basically. Who, well, yeah, who's going to steal the shit? That's what I want to know from you. If you're going to put them at third, the Kiri one. Correct. At Flyer, <laughs> just put him in there. Look, well, how much more ball will we get, mate? Right. The it's interesting a, thing is, we, we had a similar talk about the Reds last week. They're the two teams that they've got a lot of class. They're a lot of young, good players. Mm. It's all a matter of if they come together and they they perform and they gel. Yeah. So I mean, we, we could see them realistically sitting in the middle of that that Kiwi conference. Well, they obviously won the, the Mitre 10 Cup, beat Canterbury in the final, so that's a pretty massive momentum builder for them. Give them gives them a lot of confidence for their systems and what they're trying to do as well. I know it's not the same side, but realistically, it's, it is a, a big part of their side, so I think that'll bode really well for them this year as well. It definitely will. Perfect, guys. Well, look, I think that'll pretty much do us. Um, yeah, Sumo was absolutely fantastic. We're extremely privileged to have had him on and really thank him for his time. Um, a guy that just keeps on giving back to rugby. So, um, definitely, yeah, I think that'll that'll do us from us this week. And uh, next week, I get, think we'll be doing it again on a. We probably won't be doing it on Sunday. It might be a little bit later on the Tuesday. So it might yeah, be yeah, a Saturday long weekend. We'll be away, so a couple of days later. That's it. A bit bit longer between drinks, but we, um, we might have a few apple juices over the weekend. Australia Day long weekend. What do you think, boys? That's it, and, and we'll also, we're also we've already lined up some uh, some more guests for our South Africa conference preview and the Argentinians as well. And the art, well, that's the South African conference, but you know, that's all right, we'll we'll work on that. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, That'll be in a little bit. And uh, yeah, some exciting developments with the the platform. Uh, So, as we said, we're hoping to have stats out by tomorrow night because that's what everyone needs to really get the ball rolling. Who do they email if it's not out? Um, I think it's (laughs) Hold on. I think it's complete. At draftrugby.com. Well, that's going to go. Right. That's going to go to Melbourne. So um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So look, stay stay tuned. Um, it is the trials and tribulations of, of building uh, a platform yourself with. Uh, but I mean, you're worth it. It is. Yours truly. I've been learning to code and to build it, and so there's a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of you don't know what you don't know, which is what I'm running into right now. And um, and yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky to be working with two two good mates um, and very gifted coders. But uh, yeah, we're trying to to get there. In the end, so stay tuned. I'm sure you won't miss anything on social media. Harry and Nelson will probably just be putting out that everything's ready uh, before it is anyway. But um, we'll we'll get there. So um, it'll how, be ready. How good? We'll yeah. uh, we'll speak to you in the next one. See you now. See ya. Stay slutty.